dear Father in heaven, glory be unto your name for the goodness and mercy and love you show to us on a daily basis. We thank you, Father, for the privilege that you've given to us to still be among the living today as our ears are listening to these words and as we are basking in our lives and we understand that this is your goodness, your mercy, not because of our righteousness or holiness. And in this understanding, we worship you and say glory be unto your name, O Lord. Now, Father, once again, we need your help. Please speak to us as the oracles of God and grant to us the gift of your spirit that we may appreciate the words in this devotion and that also we may put into practice all that we learn. So me, Lord, I have nothing to say that will be a blessing to anyone. Therefore, I ask, please put your words in my mouth that I may speak blessings to all who listen. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, March 17 Not God's Way And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. Acts chapter 7 verse 22 Moses supposed that his education in the wisdom of Egypt had fully qualified him to lead Israel from bondage. Was he not learned in all the things necessary for a general of armies? Had he not had the greatest advantages of the best schools in the land? Yes, he felt that he was able to deliver them. He first set about his work by trying to gain the favor of his own people by redressing their wrongs. He killed an Egyptian who was imposing upon one of his brethren. In this, he manifested the spirit of him who was a murderer from the beginning and proved himself unfit to represent the God of mercy, love, and tenderness. He made a miserable failure of his first attempt. Like many another, he then immediately lost his confidence in God and turned his back upon his appointed work. He fled from the wrath of Pharaoh. He concluded that because of his mistake, God would not permit him to have any part in the work of delivering his people from their cruel bondage. But the Lord permitted these things that he might be able to teach him the gentleness, goodness, long-suffering which it is necessary for every laborer for the master to possess. In the very height of his human glory, the Lord permitted Moses to reveal the foolishness of man's wisdom, the weakness of human strength, that he might be led to understand his utter helplessness and his inefficiency without being upheld by the Lord Jesus. In slaying the Egyptian, Moses had fallen into the same error so often committed by his fathers of taking into their own hands the work that God has promised to do. In slaying the Egyptian, Moses had fallen into the same error so often committed by his fathers of taking into their own hands the work that God has promised to do. It was not God's will to deliver his people by warfare. As Moses thought, 
but by his own mighty power, that the glory might be ascribed to him alone. Yet even this rash act was overruled by God to accomplish his purposes. Moses was not prepared for his great work. He had yet to learn the same lesson of faith that Abraham and Jacob had been taught, not to rely upon human strength or wisdom, but upon the power of God for the fulfillment of his promises. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Not God's Way. Our key text is taken from the book of Acts chapter 7 verse 22 and the first lesson we will learn is from this key text. It says, And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. It's a very trying thing for some of us when we hear things that is contrary to what we have known, the narrative we have learned since we were children. And there are many of these kind of narratives in the Word of God, or I would say, that we have learned in maybe in the churches or in the schools, that we need to humble ourselves and actually change our views and our understanding of things. This key text, just like many other things we've seen in the Bible, tells us something different from what we have learned before. We usually hear that Moses was a stammerer, somebody who could not speak very well. And this comes from his conversation with God when he told God that he could not speak well, that he needed help, and God brought Aaron to be his spokesperson. But this passage in Acts chapter 7 verse 22 tells us Moses was learned and was a man mighty in words. Mighty in words. What does that mean? He was an orator. A stammerer is not an orator. And he was a person who was a poet. He was somebody who could write. This was a person who wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. If he was a stammerer, how come when he wanted to address the children of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy, the whole book of Deuteronomy from chapter 1 down to chapter 28, 29, 30, it was Moses talking all through. Does that look like a man who was a stammerer? That was a man who was educated, learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. He was a good speaker. And Stephen was the one speaking here in Acts 7 verse 22 where he said he was a man mighty in words. And he was well educated, literate like they say today. When you go to the schools of the world, they say you are literate. That was how Moses was. Contrary to what we hear that he was a stammerer, that's not true. So what was it that was his problem that time? He had stayed 40 years away from Egypt and he told the Lord that he couldn't speak because he had forgotten how to speak the language of the Egyptians. It was only when he wanted to speak to Pharaoh that he needed Aaron and Aaron spoke to Pharaoh for him. When he speaks his own Hebrew language, Aaron will translate to Egyptian and speak to Pharaoh. But when speaking to the people of God, he did not need Aaron. He spoke directly to them. So I hope that's settled first lesson. And I hope you don't struggle with it because I know many people when they hear things that is contrary to their original belief and their narrative which they've heard before then they struggle and start to question but i think the bible passages that i have just given now the whole of deuteronomy is an evidence that moses was not a stammerer he didn't need aaron there and you should ask yourself the question if he was a stammerer and he needed aaron to speak for him to pharaoh why didn't he need aaron to speak for him to the children of israel he didn't because he wasn't a stammerer so looking at this 
today what we have for today not god's way what are we to learn from this moses like we saw was trained by his mother jacobed and he learned the things of god but taking moses to the school of the world that scholarship he had when learning under the egyptians did not leave him without effect it had its effect on him moses the bible says he was not just mighty in words and deeds but he was educated he knew all the wisdom of the egyptians all they studied in egypt moses was good at them and perfect not only that but we are told that he was a mighty warrior he was somebody who was a man of war and he was a general of armies that's what we are told in the bible that's what it means when you hear that he was not just mighty in words but in deeds the deeds being referred to there were his conquests he was a man of war so here was a person who was educated not just in the mental part or as a good writer a poet a historian this was a man who was also very adept when it comes to the skill of war now because of the things moses had learned in egypt he thought that it was the providence of god to put him in egypt and be under the uh, learn the things of egypt because he felt that he was to use that education to help god's people and many today think it's the providence of god to be under the schools of the world for that same purpose to use the things we learn in the world to serve god but is that really the case is there a purpose for which god placed moses in egypt if it was not for him to use this edu- this education to serve god if it was not for him to use this education to deliver God's people from bondage. Then what was the purpose? Well, we'll talk about that. But firstly, that was not God's purpose. It wasn't God's purpose that Moses should use his skill as a man of war to deliver God's people. God knows how to deliver his people and he didn't intend to use war to do that. Reading in Exodus chapter 2 from verse 11, it says, And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he, was, that he went out unto his brethren, and looked on their burdens and he spied an egyptian smiting the hebrew one of his brethren and he looked this way and that way and when he saw that there was no man he slew the egyptian and hid him in the sand and when he went out the second day behold two men of the hebrews strove together and he said to him that did the wrong wherefore smitest thou thy fellow and he said Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now, when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Here came an end. To that to two things first of all the illustrious career which he himself had already even put that away from his mind that's the illustrious career in egypt but the end to what he thought was his purpose in life to deliver the children of israel from bondage because he used a wrong method which in his sincerity he thought that that was the right way to go about it but when we analyze it we realize that god has principles and he cannot go against those principles in order to make us do things that are right 
like we saw in the devotion that Moses supposed that this education in the wisdom of Egypt had fully qualified him to lead Israel from bondage. Now, many of us also think the same thing, that the education we receive from the world qualifies us to deliver the church, to raise God's church and to serve God in this world. But the fact is that many of the things learnt in the schools of the world actually are not the right principles or the truth to start with or the right methods. They are not. And when we want to use this to serve God, we make an utter failure of it. And that was what happened to Moses. He tried to use the methods he had learnt in the schools of Egypt to, to be of service to God. And he made a failure of it. But why did this happen? It says in page 82, paragraph 2, But the Lord permitted these things that he might be able to teach him the gentleness, goodness, long-suffering, which it is necessary for every laborer for the master to possess. If Moses had not hit rock bottom like this, he would not realize his error. God allowed him to show his foolishness in doing what he did. And why was that? That was God's way of cutting him off from the Egyptian court, he had to flee for his life. And in fleeing for his life, he was separated finally from Egypt and now God would teach Moses the lessons that he did not learn in Egypt and which was the true lessons that he needed to be the leader and the one who God will use to deliver the children of Israel from bondage. God had not taken that purpose away from him, but he was not qualified yet. Like we saw, which is the major lesson, one of the major lessons in this uh, story of Moses, which we see, we saw happening in the life of Jacob, in the life of Abraham, and now it's repeating itself in the life of Moses. He made that mistake that his fathers made. And what's that mistake? Thinking that he has to use his hands to help God. In slaying the Egyptian, Moses had fallen into the same error so often committed by his fathers of taking into their own hands the work that God has promised to do. It was not God's will to deliver his people by warfare, as Moses thought, but by his own mighty power, that the glory might be ascribed to him alone. Yet even this rash act was overruled by God to, to accomplish his purposes. Moses was not prepared for his great work. He had yet to learn the same lesson of faith that Abraham and Jacob had been taught not to rely upon human strength or wisdom but upon the power of god for the fulfillment of his promises end of quote i want us to take note of these things not to rely upon two things now human strength and wisdom let's take note of that thing very well but to rely upon what is called the power of god what is the power of god what is the power of god We'll find out from the word of God. What are we to rely on? The power of God. What are we not to rely on? Human strength and wisdom. Moses relied on human strength. And what is the purpose why God is doing this? So that the glory will go to God. You see, there are methods in which we use to serve God that clearly the glory is not going to God. It's going to man. It's coming to us and we know it. We receive the flattery of men. We receive the praise of men. And we are proud of ourselves because of the ingenuity of our words and deeds. And we know that, oh, I did it. God doesn't want us to do that. It doesn't help us when we are doing things in serving God and taking the glory for it. 
but there are methods God has ordained to save us and help us so that we are not tempted to receive flattery and praise for it is not good for us. When we use these methods like human wisdom, human strength, what do you think will happen? The glory will come to us and we will be corrupted by receiving praise of men. But when we use God's method, which is the power of God, then we are safe from receiving glory, safe from receiving the flattery and praise of men, and we will have the qualities and characters of God. You see, Moses needed to render up his sword, and that's the only way he can be a conqueror. The ways of God are wonderful. He permits us to make grievous mistakes that he may teach us deep lessons that we may never forget. Have you made some mistakes in your life that you realize that after making that mistake, you learned a lesson that you never forget again? And you become more qualified to do God's service. You become more like Jesus because of the mistake you made. God permits us to make mistakes. That's a lesson we should learn. Sometimes it's impossible for God to really teach us when we are when we are crowded with the darkness of this world and the teachings of the world that we have gotten by many years of education under the world. It becomes difficult for God to merely teach us from his word we counter the word of god or sometimes we just can't understand god allows us to make mistakes so that through the experience of our mistakes the things we couldn't have learned by precept we learn by example and experience our own experience will now teach us our folly moses experience was permitted for him to make that grievous error you know what it is to kill someone he killed someone and not just that he the consequence was that the pharaoh of egypt was looking for moses to kill him that was the last straw this was a man who had rejected to be initiated this was a man who was boldly speaking to the priests and telling them the foolishness of their practices here was a man who would not cave in and said i am not pharaoh's daughter's son i am a hebrew and yet was still living in the king's court. He was tolerated for a very long time. Now this was the last straw. He killed an Egyptian. How do you think Moses would feel? He had, he had to run away. You, you can only imagine the fear that had taken over him. This was the last straw. He ran away. And God permitted this. And God permits us also to make grievous mistakes. And don't despair when you make those mistakes. Let that mistake be a stepping stone for you. That you have learned something you have that that you should not do again. I think it was one of those um, inventors that said maybe maybe he had made a mistake uh, 99 times and he did not accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. He said, "I have not failed 99 times. Rather, I have learned how not to do it 99 times." Or 99 ways. I have learned 99 ways not to make the light bulb. Actually, it was Thomas Edison who made that statement. I'm just paraphrasing the way he said it. He said, I have learned 99 ways not to make the light bulb. I have not failed to make it 99 times. Let us learn to approach failure the right way. Approach failure the right way and learn lessons from it. We saw how that Jacobet had taught Moses lessons of God, which were very important. Moses learned both the wrong spirit and the wrong method or means of work. And he wanted to use this in God's service. That's in Egypt now. But his mother taught him the right thing. But he learned the wrong thing in Egypt and he wanted to use that to serve God. You know, this is the way that many of us today copy the things of the world and we want to use them to deliver the church from spiritual death or from bondage. Strange fires in the church all over. Through the education received from the world, the church becomes corrupted. 
too much trust is placed on the educational system of the world. And since our children and even ourselves had spent and spent more time in the schools than in the home or in the church, Satan only has to corrupt the practices and teachings in the school so that he can corrupt the children. As Moses was not free from these corruptions, so are many children and even ourselves. We are not free from these things of our day, the corruptions. We have been contaminated and corrupted by the worldly teachings and practices. And what is one of them? The use of forceful authority by the military and the people of the world. The church now does the same through various means. And as I say this, I want us to humbly consider it. Just saying, consider. When we look at the way some churches do today, having paramilitary, is that not just a way of doing the thing the world does? They call it youth ministry sometimes. But when you look at the method and you ask yourself, what purpose is this for? You really can't find a way this is a way of serving God. You really can't see it. They give themselves ranks and ranks and ranks and even stars. And then they do parades and drumming. And I, I just want us to think about it and wonder, what is this for? How is that serving God? Where did you learn it from? Was it from God or from the world? Check all through Christianity since the days of Jesus. Did he ever say we should do things that way in order for us to serve him? Or are we just copying the things we see in the world which we love and bringing them into the church so that we can get the same uh, pleasure we get from these things? The giving of ranks and all is just a miniature way of receiving the pleasure gotten by the military men of the world when they are also giving ranks. Just give it a thought and ask yourself, should we not do away with these things? There are false and true methods of serving God today. There are wrong ways that are brought. Remember, we are studying not God's way. There are wrong ways of bringing about change. We want to serve God or we want to bring about change, revival. There are many wrong ways which we learn from the world and we need to review them. Just like Moses used the wrong method, we also need to review ourselves whether we are still using wrong methods or right methods and check whether we are doing the right thing. One of the wrong ways, there are many of them I can list for us, some things like the things we learn in the schools, the science falsely so-called, and people want to change their beliefs now. Instead of saying the world was created in seven, six days and God rested the seventh day, now there's what we call theistic evolution. Or even bare evolution that talks about billions and millions of years which was used to create the world. This is what learned in the school of Egypt in the world, that's what I mean. And then it's brought into the church. And the word of God is rejected. And then we think we are doing service for God. Also, people use theatrical performances as methods. Is this God's way? It is not God's way. How about the jesting and joking and um, people doing gimmicks in the church are those god's ways of, of doing service it is not also when we want to bring about change in god's word in god's church and also maybe to serve him uh, protests and rioting and and just creating a menace to society is not the way of serving god and there are other worldly methods today the church so loves the world that it brought its own beloved things that whoever will do these things in the church, oh my, sports. Now, I mean, some places, I've seen some churches where they even have their own Champions League in the church and they come to play ball and they say, oh, we are serving God. They pray before doing it and pray after doing it. Is this not just the love of the world coming to the church? 
and then some are even praised for these things and they, they say they are doing God service. The way we conduct burials, the way we do weddings, are we doing it in God's way? Is that God's way? We need to think about it. And then, when we go deeper into it, understanding God's way, let's say, like we're saying, I want to serve God. There's a way that people are doing things today that we need to ask ourselves, where did we learn it from? We see corruption in the church and God fatherism in the church, where we are now loyal to men instead of being loyal to God. Brothers and sisters, the world is being brought into the church and we are serving God in ways that are not God's way and we need to review it. People are being deplatformed, free speech is being restricted, cancel culture and shaming people is being done by people who are saying they are serving God, but yet this is not God's way. But in the case of Moses, it was the force of arms that was used. He used force. The Bible tells us that a time is coming when even the church will try to use force on people to bring about change in the world. And this was what Moses did. He used force and it was not God's way. Let us not be part of those who support the use of force to restrict people or bring about change in the world. We are just coming out of a time where people were tested. My, were you among those who thought that it was a right thing to do? to restrict people from traveling, to restrict people's liberties just because they don't agree with you and then you use force on them to the point of bringing mandates and saying they should be imprisoned and you didn't even speak about it even though you were not part of them but it didn't bother you when you saw others facing these things. My oh my, you are setting yourself up for what is coming up in the future. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation 13 that this is going to happen again. Cancel culture, mandates and force is going to be used to try to bring about change and the people will think that they are serving God while doing it. Revelation 13, reading from verse 14, talking about this power, a beast which is supposed to represent a kingdom. In this case, that beast with lamb-like horns, the fact that the Bible says this beast has lamb-like horns referring to something religious, it is a religious power in Revelation 13 from verse 14. It talks about, it starts from verse 11 actually, but when you look at this beast with lamb-like horns telling us this is a kingdom that is religious, it is representing Christianity. Lamb-like means Christianity. This beast with lamb-like horns is going to do something. Look at what this beast is going to do in verse 14. He says, And he deceived them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image of the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Hmm. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, mandates now, mandates, no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Did you see our Lord Jesus ever using mandates on people or killing people who don't agree with him for whatever reason? That's not the way of God. This is not God's way. This is the way of the devil that's, that Moses learned in the school of Egypt and brought it into the service of God. This method of doing things is the method of Satan. Even as Moses did it, we read, in this he manifested the spirit of him who was a murderer from the beginning and proved himself unfit to represent the mercy, the God of mercy, love and tenderness. 
Brothers and sisters, we need to know what we are about. We need to know what kind of spirit is in us. Is it the spirit of God or the spirit of Satan? In the various ways we do our things, are you part of those who support cancel culture? Or those who feel that you can deplatform people. You know, Moses deplatformed that Egyptian. He cancelled him. He killed him. Why? Because he was doing something that Moses did not like. Is that the method of God? The Bible says that there is going to be a people who represent a kingdom. Who is going to do that to people who don't agree with them. They will tell them, make this image the beast or the mark of the beast. And I'm not talking about what the mark of the beast is now or the image of the beast. Let's not bother ourselves with that for now. But the thing they are going to do to those who do not agree with them is what matters. They are going to say they should be killed or they should be imprisoned and they will not give them the right to buy or sell. This is the spirit of Satan. Do you see that happening in you? When this issue was going on, where were you? On what side were you? You thought it was right to put mandates on people and you think that is the spirit of Christ. In fact, the churches were championing it saying that people should not be able to travel, put a travel ban on those who won't take the vaccine and don't, because they are, they don't allow them to enter into restaurants and all of that. And you think that was the spirit of Christ. May the Lord help you. This is the spirit of Satan that you have in you. And the Lord is giving you an opportunity to see it today and repent of that. There is no reason whatsoever for anyone to restrict anybody and claim that that is the spirit of Christ. You can do it while being away from Christ but not being under Christ and claiming that that is the spirit of Christ to deplatform, to shame, to cancel, to kill, to restrict, to put mandates on people just because they don't agree with you. This is what we learn from the world. And today, you see it on WhatsApp platforms. You see it, church members, people are doing it too, removing people who don't agree with them. It's the same spirit. It's the same thing of killing. I'm not saying that there are not times where maybe you can't do that in a social media and all but i mean for example in whatsapp groups where people are violating rules or something but when it comes to the free world the free world allow people to do what they want here moses used the wrong method and we are also preparing ourselves to do the same thing moses did when we support these things peter did the same thing and the lord rebuked him when jesus was taken What did Peter do in Matthew 26, reading from verse 50? He says, And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? That's talking to Judas. Then came they, that's the people that came with Judas, and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus, which is Peter, stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priests and smote off his ear. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled, that thus it must be? It is not in God's will that we use force of arms or try to force people into doing things. This is what we learn from the school of the world. What then is going to be the qualification for people today? Because we have a work today. Revelation 14, reading from verse 6 down, tells us that God's people have a message to proclaim, especially from verse 9 to 12, the third angel's message. Yes, we know the message. Moses knew his, his, his work. But it was the method that was the problem. Do we know the right method? 
in the book of first corinthians chapter 1 remember moses was using his human wisdom and human strength as opposed to using the power of god so what is this power of god that we should use in first corinthians chapter 1 reading from verse 18 it says for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but unto us which are saved it is the power of god amen for it is written i will destroy the wisdom of the wise like moses human wisdom and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent verse 21 for after that in the wisdom of god the world by wisdom knew not god it pleased god by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe what method does god want us to use to bring about change in the world to bring about service to serve him today we read it here through the foolishness of preaching and first corinthians 1 verse 18 tells us that this preaching that people look at as nonsense foolishness preaching of the cross it is the power of god and when moses finally came as we'll see later what did he use it was just the word of god the power of god reading from great controversy page 612 it says the message will be carried not so much by their arguments as by the deep conviction of the spirit of god the arguments have been presented the seed has been sown and now it will spring up and bear fruit the publications distributed by missionary workers have exerted their influence yet many whose minds were impressed have been prevented from fully comprehending the truth or from yielding to obedience so here we see publications even the bible is a publication while it also speaks to us so we are we can use tracts we can use books to preach the word of god writing and reading preaching the word of god and then even in these books you can have their pictures then videos are publications also audio sermons they are all publications this is god's appointed way and method of doing the work and when we say videos i mean the video of the preaching itself not doing theatrical performances i didn't say drama drama is not god's way but rather the putting of those publications of the preaching put in the video format documentaries which doesn't include any theatrical performances or any comedy in them but rather preaching of god's word and showing using object lessons in nature in the pictures and showing to people the things of god through nature and through the word of god this is god's method of the work we have to do for ourselves today for moses work it was still the same thing it was not the wisdom of man it was not the strength of man that was needed it was the power of god that was needed and for us today for the work we have to do it is still the same power of god that is needed and we have seen the power of god is found in the preaching of the cross it is not in the drama it is not in cancel culture it is not in deplatforming people it is not in using godfatherism it is not in killing and putting mandates on people and forcing them to do right no but rather it is found in the explanation of the word of god and by the unction of the spirit of god in those who are preaching that word so we learn this today that we need to unlearn certain things as, as we continue studying moses life we will realize that there's a lot we need to unlearn and there are many changes we need to make in our lives in the way we serve god we need to review some of these things that I had mentioned earlier so that we know that we are indeed using God's way 
and not human wisdom and when we use human wisdom you realize that you get the glory let me talk of another thing very specifically you see it is not wrong to serve god in songs but there are ways we do it that we do it in such a way that we get the glory to ourselves and we know it we know it and there are ways you sing that you are not singing for god's glory you are doing it so that people will clap for you so that people will see how good you are it is not necessarily serving god it's actually serving yourself it is the motive i'm saying now and even the methods too there are some things you do oh, just unnecessary things just to say oh people will be so wild and say wow look at what they just did here glory is coming to you we must divest our service for god from every human devising from things that will make people to say oh look at how wonderful this person is that was unnecessary things that are things that are not necessary to be done to be specific now things that you know are not necessary and when you do those unnecessary things you just bring take the attention away from god to yourself moses in doing what he did would have taken the attention away from god to himself and people would have been looking to him instead of looking to god because he used his strength and it it wouldn't have been good for him and this is the lesson we should learn and as we subsequently continue to study the life of moses we will learn more about how to unlearn the things we have learned in the the world the things specifically that we cannot use to serve god and what we can actually use as qualities not methods now what i mentioned today is just methods but we'll look at the qualities that are needed stay tuned and continue to uh listen so that we can learn everything as we go on in every other devotion we'll be listening to for now let us pray our dear lord in heaven we pray that you would teach us your way of serving you for a fact we know that there are ways that is not your way that you do not approve of some of these things sound confusing to us because they are things we have learned from childhood and we do not see what is wrong in them people are asking what's wrong with drama what's wrong with uh, the paramilitary in the church what's wrong with this what's wrong with that lord i pray for your spirit upon your children and those who have these questions that you will convince the heart that you will transform it and help us lord to properly understand the way to serve you help us lord to align ourselves with the power of god as it is written through the foolishness of preaching that many may be brought into the truth and we may serve you aright thank you lord for hearing and answering our prayers in jesus name i've prayed amen